0: Welcome to Death Readers, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 133 of Death Readers, the podcast where Rob and I share our thoughts and notes with each other on the books we're reading for the first time. If this is your first time listening, we suggest reading Red Dragon from chapters 41 through the end of the book before listening to this episode. That way you too can follow along. Welcome to the book wrap party.
1: It's been seven episodes coming.
0: Only seven weeks. It's been yeah, a, we've seven got short
1: uh, weeks, regular seven day weeks, seven by seven,
0: regularly released and scheduled it's, episodes. It's like it's like five by five if you're a polydactyl. In the pipe, five by five, except seven by seven.
1: Yep, because you're polydactyl.
0: In the it means in, extra fingers. In the uh, melt- Hannibal Electra has Hannibal Electra has extra fingers. Did they not mention it in this book? I don't think so. I thought they mentioned it. Perfectly if they did... formed
1: Sixth Finger, or maybe on both hands, I'm not sure. It's definitely in the next book, if it wasn't in this book.
0: <laughs> That's weird. What a weird <laughs> thing to not notice about this character.
1: I, I know for a fact, because it comes up in the third book, where he doesn't have them
0: anymore. Cool. Weird. Um... <laughs> surprise <laughs> yeah i don't remember that uh that's weird i honestly
1: can't remember because i've i've been through them enough I, I don't remember where it was said so i'm sorry if i spoiled it for you right out the gate i am I mean this.
0: if it's a spoiler we've already met him and if it's like they should have addressed it if they if they didn't address it i don't know if that's your fault or if they did not, and, they, and i missed it it's my fault but weird i didn't know that that's that makes him even weirder i guess uh i think we do have some housekeeping Oh yeah, yeah. a similar about like a, a perhaps a misunderstanding. The housekeeping here is that it occurred to me while uh, doing our regular um, quality control on our episode releases when I was listening to the last episode through before we uh, drop it as it were on our listening public. Oh, it dropped. It occurred to me that perhaps while I was telling the disc- the story about the Lego Voltron when you asked about. Whether or not, whether, when I said it was loose, if that meant it was uh, pre-assembled or in bags or whatever, it occurred to me that perhaps you were attempting to help me tell the story to the listeners because they may be Lego uninitiated and not just know what loose Legos means. And that if that is the case, then I uh, apologize for my, uh, you know, brashness. When it came to a to a very important distinction for those who don't know what I was talking about, I'm glad you said something. That was and, not the case. And if it wasn't that, then you can go straight to hell. Uh, I have that <laughs> written in my note. I actually in my written note I said, I, "It says, uh, if that's the case, I apologize. If it isn't, I don't." Well. <laughs> consider
1: me told. <laughs>
0: Um, you could have. I'm, I'm glad. I guess I'm glad you didn't lie, but you could have. just I'm been an like, honest
1: person. Oh. Mostly.
0: Oh yes, that was my intention. I kept thinking about our poor listeners who I... may not know the the Lego lingo. Dude, I've had
1: so many people try to toss me a lie like that. All it's sort of stepping on my foot and saying hello, Mr. Thompson, and I'm just like, but no, that's not what I don't understand. I have no <laughs> subtlety in that
0: tandem lie arena. I recently I wrote a document for work and someone said to me, Hey, you should uh you should use this document. And then someone else said, Well, actually he wrote that document. And then I said, No, I didn't. Somebody else must have written that. And then I like went away for two hours and then I went back and looked at the document and I read it a little bit and I was like, Oh shit, I did write this. <laughs> <laughs> i can tell because because i wrote it no one else would have written it this way i wrote it like i wrote this and then i had to go back and i was like oh hey guys heads up i totally wrote that <laughs> I, uh, that's weird <laughs> just uh just letting you know i uh i did write it
1: <laughs> did anything cause this uh
0: Well, the point here I'm telling is, is the, is the, well, it's just like bad short-term memory. Like there's a lot of things in my life that I don't remember because they were not significant enough to put the effort of remembering into. Sure.
1: But I mean, this is like when you stumble on an old paper or story that you've written, you're like, oh, this is really good. I wrote this.
0: Huh? No, not like that. This is, I didn't sign this thing or anything like that. It was, it was just like. This a, is your manifesto, they found it. No, this was like a walkthrough for software use or something like that. Like how to do a process. Gotcha. And it's it's like it's like it's just there. And it was so insignificant to me that I forgot I wrote it. But I was reading it, it was like, I definitely wrote this. That was me. That's, anyway. That's kind of funny. But that's, uh, I would that's, never do that's something like that. that's my level of honesty that betrays me. Also, is you're like, nope, not me. Nope, <laughs> it's, a, it's the exact opposite. Even someone if it's else, true, someone you else, back away from it. Someone else, to, no, because that would be a lie. This was me genuinely believing that I didn't do this thing because well, I had no, no sure, memory you, of it.
1: You generally believe, but the little man that lives in your head, he's the one pulling the strings and lying.
0: It's not a lie if you if you don't actually
1: if you don't. That's recall. why you have a homunculi.
0: I don't think that's where that word comes from. Anyway, now we've moved past that, so mm. we can uh, start this uh, episode. Episode. Also, are we? We're on, we're starting on on which chapter? are We starting on. Forty two is what I've got. That's also what I have. So good. Let's let's start there. Um, let's do. So the summary of chapter forty two is. Will and Jack watch the murder victims' home movies and determine everything the Tooth Fairy needed to know about his victims were in those film reels. Uh, What the inside of their houses looked like, the number of people in their family, which pets were theirs, the best way to enter the home, all of it it was in those reels. What the house looked like up to a certain point. Up to a certain point, that's true. Uh, Only what the house looked like from the perspective of the camera, you know, POV. Sure. Yeah. I I have a note in the chapter.
1: I, I my, my only note is just really a, a shorter summary of what you said, which is the penny drops. Right. Uh, I enjoyed this chapter. I was engaged with it because, you know, finally they were solving the mystery and I got some catharsis out of that. I was like, yes. Yeah. You know, empathic for, for Will Graham. Um, and it was just fun for me. But uh, other than that, what would what you have?
0: Oh, on page three ninety three in my printing, uh, I have, The note, finally, Will mentions he suspects the Tooth Fairy was the stranger checking meters from the beginning of the book. Man, I've been sitting with that loose end for months. (laughs) I thought that was
1: common knowledge, but I guess it's just because I have the benefit of
0: uh, subconscious hindsight. It had not been mentioned since. Like, Will goes to that guy's house. That guy complains about the guy checking his meter and fucking with him we had a conversation about it then it ne- it has not come up again right. the idea of checking meters being a thing that the the Dollar high did wasn't really a thing i think if anything he was like just getting vantage points like just getting mm. high and looking at at places up high um but it's- yeah, he
1: he could have he, he could have used some time getting high just chilling out right <laughs> he's trying to make a drug joke all the kids like the drug jokes
0: Oh yeah, they're so groovy. The, those <laughs> that that trendy uh, drug lingo will get you far with the tweens. That new word that they have. <laughs> you know what that Too word means. It's against... gonna roll a
1: jazz cigarette
0: <laughs> and and listen to some bebop. Yeah, before going to a a poetry slam. Um, which are, are we like actually hitting any real stereotype of, of drug users? Cause I feel like I, I like the idea of being the, like the weird prudes who are shunning a drug culture that doesn't exist. That's like, what I'm going for. I like that idea a lot. Look
1: <laughs> to all the beat poets and bebop heads. We're sorry. I saw the movie swing kids.
0: I know what those hooligans are up to um i
1: actually didn't see swing kids
0: but neither I- have i on if i'm oh. be, if i'm being serious i've never but seen the, it light again it was a bit dude it was a little man in your head no it's not a little anyway um
1: <laughs> it's all the real
0: the uh i like doler never even thinks about it he never even like has a subconscious thought about like i remember climbing the telephone poles or any of that shit it right. never happens so what that's why, like, as a loose end, it was – talk about catharsis, I was very much like, finally. <laughs> but the thing I didn't like about it was it felt like it did come up as if Will had been thinking about it the whole book when he really fucking hadn't. And that, I mean, that was a bit I, of a bummer.
1: Sure. I guess it just – there was literally nothing else they could do with it. It's like, we've but, got this piece of data, but we cannot follow it any farther than we talked to the company. And they're like, yeah, we didn't have anybody out there who wasn't one of our guys. Okay. We know that's a thing, but there's nothing else right now, so I'm just going to put that on the back burner.
0: But we didn't even have what you're describing. We didn't even have the point where they say, okay, we can't move forward with this anymore. Let's put it on the back burner. That never happened. No, that's true. It just – we just get this weird, like, you know, bait, and then it just disappears for 400 pages or whatever. Right. So not a huge criticism. No, but fair. I'm just glad it came back. Uh, do you have any more notes in that chapter? No, sir. Well, heads up, listeners, this episode will be full of a couple very short chapters. So, oh, yeah. Let's move on to... Chapter 43. Summary. In this two-page chapter, uh, Jack and Will discuss Dollarhide's art heist in New York and float Dr. Bloom's suggestion that maybe the dragon is trying to stop himself from killing. Literally my note. Trying to stop. That's it. It's cool.
1: It, it 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 feels like it ups the stakes a little bit, mm-hmm. um, because I guess it contextualizes the empathy and it shows that they're aware of it being a possibility. Mm-hmm. The you know the quote unquote good guys. Um, but other than that, nope. Yeah, <laughs> it almost like do these short chapters have to be chapters, or could you have just used those like asterisk breaks or?
0: it it does lines
1: to delineate time moving
0: it it also feels like these if he spent just a little more time maybe like painting the scene Mm -hmm. it would feel less like i don't know it's he's kind of fascinating as a as an author because these these tiny chapters they they're very well like constructed info dumps sure like they are very much like in that way jk rowling uh would do that am i saying it wrong again Rowling, r-
1: r- Rowling, uh, shit. I I remember the m- the mnemonic, just not how it works. It was I think it's rolling like row a boat, not rowling like we had a row. So I think you said it right, rolling.
0: Rolling. Okay, so, uh, where she she would occasionally just be like, like just shart out information and be, we're moving on, and it's like okay, cool. Um, but he does it in a way where it I think maybe it's like the the function of the sort of police procedural investigative process where it's just like all these people care about are the details are the specifics like, like yes, like ABC, like these things happen in this order in this way. And that's how we solve this problem moving on. And, and so like chapters like this are just that it's just Mm -hmm. a, a flavorful way of, of serving you the information that you've been missing so far. But it really is, like, the, not necessarily the fast food equivalent of, of a book, but it is expedient. Sure. Anyway, uh, I got nothing else in that one. So how about we go to?
1: Chapter 44.
0: All right, summary. Dollarhide flies back to St. Louis with the painting in his stomach. He drives to work, hoping to pick up Reba, but finds Will Graham there accessing personnel files while other agents dust for prints in the parking lot. Dollarhide drives off in a panic, and that's when the dragon starts giving him directions. I don't have any notes. Ah,
1: uh, well, I thought this was written very cinematically, with uh, yeah. Dollarhide in his in his um, workplace at night, noticing the flurry of activity, and then the door opens and he sees Will Graham. And I could just I could totally see how that was staged or could be staged. And I thought, I thought that was well done. It was Hugh Dancy in, uh, obviously in my version. Um, well, cause there's a very Edward Norton specific scene coming up at the end of the book that was not in the book that I thought was there because of the stupid movie. Um, and then I also enjoyed dollar Hyde calling grandma monster. Yeah. Cause he's like, Oh, Graham figured shit out. Oh, he's such a monster. And I'm like,
0: that's,
1: that's fun. I see what you're doing, sir. Mm-hmm. That's it for me.
0: All right. How about we move to? Chapter 45. Summary. Summary. Another two-page chapter where Will laments the slow pace of their investigation. He worries the prolonged search for clues will alert the dragon, and he'll make his escape. I don't have any more notes. That's what happens. Nope. Yep. All right. Well, what's the next one? Chapter 46. Summary. Reba breaks up with her former boyfriend and kisses him goodbye before Francis Dollerhyde murders the man and kidnaps Reba. He takes her to his house and tells her about the dragon. She tries to escape, but she is blind and easy to catch. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a note for this chapter, finally.
1: I got two notes, but go ahead.
0: Okay, uh, my notes on page 411. It occurs to me here how often Reba, a blind woman mentioned seeing things she said she'll never see ralph again and and situ and phrases like that uh like i i i I like i i like to i see myself with you francis stuff like that mr d Um, Do you think it's on purpose i felt like there was a number of them on this page that stuck out to me Mm mm-hmm and made me wonder, like, if he was getting at something like, uh, I think the rest of my note is like, uh, yeah, I wonder if Harris is using the notion of sight through a blind woman's eyes to describe knowing someone deeper than their outward appearance. Perhaps it's the good she saw inside Francis that attracted her to him. And uh, so maybe that was deliberate there, but. Oh, and by the way, I want to make something else very clear about my notes. I am. I did not alter these after I read the book end so these are just exactly what i was thinking going through the book so i didn't retroactively adjust notes so i want to make sure that that's very clear are you gonna are you gonna foresee something here um no but i am gonna be critical of some stuff oh and fair crit- enough. critical of things that may not necessarily be as applicable given revelations later sure but but i think are sort of indicative of a he, me and Seeing a hint, like me seeing, like, something's wrong in this because this is bad. Gotcha.
1: Um, for, well, for me in this chapter, I liked there's sort of a when things are written in the third person, I feel like in better writing, even if it's third person, the narrative omniscience kind of sides with the character it's following. Stephen King does this a lot. Like, if it's a racist copy's following, the narrative of omniscience, third person will take on uh, racist tones and things. Um, And I felt like there was a shift from Dollar Hyde to the dragon in that third person narrative of omniscience when the dragon, you know, quote unquote, killed Dollar Hyde and took over. And I thought that was kind of creepy and well done. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the only other thing I really enjoyed was Reba working out what she was going to say ahead of time. Yes. And telling yourself like, don't say, um, know what you're going to say to survive this. I'm like, ah, good job, because I would just be pooping myself.
0: Yeah, the the part where she says, like, just maybe you can get him to help you escape. Like, if you play him, if you play vulnerable and and subservient, maybe he'll let you live. At least, at least if you can get close enough to get his eyes. (laughs) Like, I I really (laughs) like that notion, like um she's 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 fantastic yeah like she's not a person to cross i Mm -hmm. i she's the women in this book are very interesting Mm -hmm. they're they're written in in like this this very like okay this this may sound i'm just gonna save my thoughts apologies if they're upsetting um but the two main female characters in this book are both kind of uh damaged. They're sort of wounded in a way. Um, like like Reba with her uh Sight. Well, not just her sight, because I don't really want to pigeonhole. It's not that simple. Fair enough. It's fair it's enough. the it's the uh the repercussions of living in a world that has to deal with blind people. And I, I think that that path the way I worded it is important because it's not okay. like her living in a sighted world it's a sighted world dealing with people who aren't sighted Mm -hmm. and i think that that's how she kind of interprets it and it it like uh like the whole thing about the limp sympathy and like that other stuff like it's all it's all like she is succeeding in spite of the world's pity and and and, in these situations this situation specifically is one of those like very you know, empowering scenes where it's like she is not in denial about her disadvantages, mm-hmm. but she is a hundred percent not going to allow herself to be held hostage by them. Right. And then the same thing later. We could talk about it later, but there's some, a similar scene kind of happens with uh, Molly, Molly later, and and in, sh- in her sense that she's definitely been damaged by the loss of her first husband. And then also the, the ev- event w- it gets, we get into it in later chapters, but the, the disconnect between herself and will emotional disconnect in the, and the, just the, the division that this case has caused between them. Um, it's, it's clear that like, she also is like dealing with very serious sure adjustments, but she also gets to, be stand in her power she gets to be the person who does the things that need to be done when they need to be done so she's she she may be maybe that's it she may be damaged but she's not a victim okay yeah and and i think that that's the same i think that goes for both of them Uh, and i think that that must be deliberate there must be i mean must be considering
1: the, the leaps and bounds of the next book because of that attitude I, mm-hmm. I i feel like it's a thomas harris um harrisism
0: you're talking about clarice i am yeah okay um do you have anywhere else in that chapter i don't okay then that uh brings us to
1: chapter 47
0: summary the man Dollarhide killed at reba's house is discovered causing crawford and will to focus their attention on francis they enter his office and begin dusting for prints. When Will discovers a note in Dollarhide's calendar with flight information listed, suggesting that he is either on an airplane or will be taking a flight somewhere. Uh, and, and there, and and then my note here is, and I'll just say it now: is I don't. The flight information says something about Atlanta, and it's coming up. And no, I don't remember.
1: I, I thought he was going back through the calendar, and it was a oh. trip to Birmingham when he killed the Leeds.
0: But Birmingham's in Alabama. This one was to Atlanta.
1: the other ones then I thought, I thought he was looking back through the calendar.
0: I don't really want to read it again, but, um,
1: but I guess it could be the, the Shermers or whatever.
0: They had started on their drawers when the desk appointment calendar caught Graham's eye. He flipped back through the scribbled pages to Saturday, June 28th, the date of the Jacoby killings. The calendar was unmarked on the Thursday and Friday before that weekend. He flipped forward to the last week in July. The Thursday is still in the past. Is it still in the past?
1: Because they okay. were a month apart.
0: See, that's, this is, yeah, okay. to the Thursday I think they're and in Friday August right now, aren't they? We're blank. There was a note Wednesday. It said AM 552-345-615. Graham copied the entry. I want to find out where this flight goes. Let me do it. If you, you go ahead here, Crawford said. He went to the telephone in the hall. Graham was looking at a tube of dentures adhesive in the bottom desk drawer, and Crawford called him about the door. It goes to Atlanta. Will, let's take him out.
1: I honestly don't know. I think you're right. And he flipped back to the last killing and flipped forward to what
0: would be the next killing. Because the other one was in... Was was there anything besides... Um,
1: Leeds and Jacoby's.
0: No, but, bes- well, the, almost. Uh, no, is there anything that, hap- besides Freddie Lowndes' death, is there anything that happens in Chicago?
1: He threatened the newspaper vendor, which I think they never discovered, even though they kept trying to. Yeah, they didn't.
0: That was not where they ended up going with their investigation. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's, I, th- it's confusing. That's what I mean. It's confusing because I don't remember if, if and when we discuss like the shermans living in atlanta
1: there is an element of of feeling rushed to the ending of this book i don't know if he was sick of writing or if he was just excited because he saw the end in sight but it 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 definitely moves a lot quicker and details are a little fuzzier because of it
0: it also may be an attempt at adding uh tension through pace sure sure i say attempt the guy's a fucking brilliant author I, i i'm not trying to dismiss him it's just it still attempts things yeah
1: you're using the word attempt doesn't mean it wasn't successful
0: that's well, a different there's, observation there's like you know some people can read subtext and I, w- I just want to clarify that if you heard subtext it wasn't there or it some wasn't people intended. can
1: can fucking deal with it
0: wow okay uh that brings us to unless you have any more notes in that chapter that brings us to i do not chapter 48 summary Reba reawakens at Dollarhide's house and locks the door as he commands. Well, to be more specifically, he commands her to take a key from around his neck that's on a chain and go and walk blind, by the way, walk to his front door and lock it and then close herself inside the house with him. Uh, He struck. Is that not what happens here? I swear she ran for it. He but okay, but he tells her to do this thing. Okay, okay, and you said it, she yeah.
1: locked the door like he commanded.
0: Yeah, well And then it yeah. did not happen. She went uh, to the door
1: right. and then hoofed it. Sorry. Right, Go ahead. she
0: she does yes, she I, does I interrupted hoof your it. No, it's it's not very well written. She the, all these things happen, he gives her these commands, she goes to do it and then while she's doing it, she does run. He does tackle her, he does chase her down, and then he met me later, but he does force her to do it. Uh, he does force her to lock it and come and put the key back on his neck and yes. walk up with him back upstairs. So, then he explains once they get upstairs, after she's put the key on his neck, that he starts to sob and blubber and explain that he he can't let the dragon have her because it would rip her to shreds it would tear her to pieces or whatever. Bite her to death. Yeah, bite her to death. It's
1: terrifying.
0: Um, and then... Uh, he he start, He sets a fire in the room and says that it's better for her to die like this than to let the dragon have her. And then he makes her touch the barrel of a double barreled shotgun and asks her to identify the object. And she says it's a gun. And he says, "You know what it would do to you?" And she says, "Yes." And then he blubbers some more and then he blows his brains out. And she, uh, again being being very like well put together, she. F- she figures out a way to get out of the house by realizing that she needs to get the key from his neck and avoid the flames and go downstairs and run. And then she does that and escapes the fire and eventually just keeps running into the, the way this chapter ends. is She's just running in the streets blind. Right. Um, so I do have a pretty big note here. And again, okay. this is the note that takes place in the present tense. Okay. So my note here is... You know
1: nothing about chapters 50 onwards at this point.
0: I I know nothing about chapters 49 and onwards.
1: I thought this was 49.
0: This is 48. I turned my page already. I'm sorry. Uh, Note, Reba is blind, so we can't exactly trust her perceptions of her surroundings. But if Francis did kill himself, then I am at a loss for what the rest of the book will be about. I kind of feel like an epic confrontation was stolen from me in favor of the someone-comes-in-and-shoots-Dante non-ending. While I can see Dollarhide's suicide as a classic escape, used by many despicable criminals in order to avoid incarceration, and speaks to the internal struggles Dollarhide faced against the dragon, it nevertheless feels like a cop-out. I'm torn because I don't want to celebrate Francis's suicide as a victory for the tortured little boy against the dragon, but if this in, is indeed the ending, I'm compelled to see that as the that is the main point of the book, and that doesn't sit right with me. Perhaps it is a good example of the complexities of psychosis, but my forgiveness for his crimes do not extend that far.
1: That's a fair, I think, critique of the book were it to end that way.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so that that's what I was getting at before. I was trying to preamble that as saying like. This expectation of this would be a shitty ending mm-hmm. is the biggest hint that maybe it isn't. Uh,
1: it's interesting though, because I too thought of Dante in a different sense. Oh, yeah? Uh, Dante getting shot later on. We'll oh, okay.
0: That. Cool. Um,
1: maybe I'm wrong too, but it just, it just, it's interesting that it also came to me. Uh, do you want to tell people what we're talking about there? Go for it. Um, in the original ending to Kevin Smith's Clerks, the movie ends with, apropos of nothing, somebody coming in. Does he even hold up Dante? And then I think it's sh-
0: supposed to be a hold up, and, and then he gets shot.
1: And then he gets shot and dies. And right. Kevin Smith always said, I thought movies were supposed to end that way, so I did it. And I remember watching it thinking, oh, I bet this guy's going to get shot at the end. <laughs> I don't know what I was picking up on. Um, And then he didn't. I was like, oh, cool, refreshing.
0: I know that someone, I think the legend goes that someone told him don't do that. This like you're. Why are why are you killing him? And his answer was, well, because like the movie has to have an ending, and somebody whoever it was, I don't know exactly who it was, but they told it him like probably Harvey, probably Harvey, <laughs> um, told him like yeah, but like it just ends. Like the thing about this, I think that okay, we're gonna talk about this a little bit. I think Go the ahead. idea was that Kevin Smith was going for with that, with that idea was that. Uh, that would be the bow on top of the, I'm not even supposed to be here today Mm. running gag. Like if, if he wasn't there that day, if, but for being where he wasn't supposed to be that day, he would still be alive. And that for him, I think was supposed to be a, it's a very heavy handed poetry. dead end job. Yes, exactly. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, But the, I think that the the suggestion that I think works better and it's clearly worked better for his career is no Dante does not die. Dante's hell is to continue to be a clerk forever. Because and, Dante. And that is the, like the saddest part of his whole of, of that's sadder, sadder than dying in that job is dying in that job slowly. But you also got to meet Rosario Dawson. So, but that took, that took like 10 years. <laughs> um, Good things take time. I'm just talking about the, if you looked at clerks on its own anyway, so that's so, so to me, the, the idea of that, that sticks out as the, that story sticks out as the like quintessential. I don't know how to end my story. Someone get the the main character just gets shot to death. Kind of thing always stands out to me as like, that's the, that's the reference point is Mm -hmm. Dante getting shot. So, um, with this it felt like that. It felt like, why did this just happen? This seems like anticlimactic. Maybe it's brilliant. Maybe it's supposed maybe it is supposed to throw me for a loop, and there's some deeper like something here. May I, I'm like, I'm stretching, but I can accept that that there's something valuable here. Right. Um and so I was trying to be open minded, but as you could tell by my note, I was disappointed. Sure. Um. So that's my only note in this chapter. Do you have any notes in this chapter?
1: Nope.
0: Okay. Uh, Advance us, good sir, to...
1: Chapter 49.
0: Summary. Will and Jack arrive at Dollarhide's burning home, where they find Reba wandering down the street. They help her into a van, and she describes Francis's suicide. And I, I do have a note here also. Okay. Uh, note. If Francis is indeed dead, then I suspect his body burning in the light of the moon may have been part of the dragon's becoming after all.
1: I didn't think about that.
0: I now, well, this book
1: could take a very interesting supernatural turn. The dragon actually emerges.
0: I thought, well, I didn't mean that so much that way. Like metaphorically,
1: it was was amusing.
0: But uh, but I do think that in retrospect, it, I think that that was part of his. Pupation. Well, yeah, like, like he was birthed in fire. He had to, like he had to, everything else around him had to burn down for the dragon. Everything about Francis had to burn away for the dragon to really come out of it and phoenix rise
1: the fire represents change caterpillar into chrysalis or pupa
0: was that I mean, that's weird that you would say that it seems, <laughs> it seems like an irrelevant thing to reference
1: seems like uh, words about change
0: anyway it's just like oh look at me i'm rob i'm gonna uh make an allusion to the very hungry caterpillar in this analysis of <laughs> of uh red dragon oh look at me i'm so cool whatever um i I don't have any okay to uh, advance us chapter 50 summary will gets a statement from reba and reassures her that she helped francis stop killing others will calls molly and is reminded of the divide between them she's settling into a life with her new with her in-laws her ex-in-laws i don't know the right word is they're her in-laws that will doesn't want any part of he must stay away and finish up this case i don't have any more notes
1: Really, I kind of really love this chapter.
0: Oh, yeah?
1: It's it's sad. It's depressing. And this seems like... I can wait till the end to talk about Molly. But um, <laughs> I... Uh, just little things in this chapter I really liked. I, I always find it charming when people um, in old books, and usually older people in old books, so it's like a couple generations back, uh, say they look at television. Mm-hmm. That's why she was looking at Donahue when the news broke in. And I'm like, oh, that's fun. Nobody says that anymore. Yeah. I really, really like the exchange where the grandpa making small talk, even though Will's a, essentially a hero as far as anyone knows. Um, Just kind of like, yeah, OK, you caught this killer guy. Was he really white? And then Will, without missing a beat, was like, yeah, he was white. Looks Scandinavian. Yeah. Knowing that those people were Scandinavian, I appreciate his brand of fuck you. <laughs> um and at the end when he's cursing and he just he he just goes ape shit. He doesn't he doesn't go, I'm sorry. He doesn't go ape shit. He, he uses says, the term ape shit. He exclaims ape shit I think he a says couple like, times.
0: Ape shit, ape shit and then Jack Crawford comes and goes, "You saying ape shit?" And then Will says, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a brilliant. Like, I can imagine great. that as a comedy bit. It just be like, like someone being so shocked at that choice of curse. Yes. Like if Will Graham was on Inside the Actors Studio, he'd be like, "Yeah, apeshit's my favorite curse." And they'd, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Why?" And he's like, "Ah, nobody expects it. It's great.
1: It it was fun." Um, that those are my observations of chapter fifty.
0: Okay. Uh, what's the next one?
1: Chapter fifty one.
0: Summary. Much of this chapter relies on jargon and slang I don't understand, so much of it went over my head. But basically, someone investigating burned-down house gave Will three baggies of human remains, bone, teeth, and a watch. Containing like a bone, teeth, album. and a watch. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Bone,
0: teeth, and a watch. Uh, do you have any notes on this one? Nope. All right. Well, what's the next one? Chapter 52. Summary. Finally home. Sorry. In, in much sweeter words than I can surmise, Thomas Harris tells us Will has flown home with Molly and Willie. Yeah. Uh, all right. You have any notes there?
1: Other than home? Nope.
0: Let's keep going. Check
1: three.
0: Summary. Yay! Francis wasn't dead after all. <laughs> I got the confrontation I had hoped for. And, in a totally gratifying way, Molly shot the great red dragon many times in the face. Yay! Also, Will was badly stabbed in the face. Yeah.
1: And and shot in the gut cuz they had to remove a spleen.
0: Oh yeah. I that,
1: that, that, I had to go back and reread it cuz he, he he's like heard a bang, felt something hot in his chest and fell backwards. That's right. all you know. Right. That's why they had to take a spleen out. But uh Molly unloaded her clip and I will always appreciate a person who unloads their clip on the bad guy. She, she shoots him, she shoots him again, she walks up to him, and shoots him two more times. Yes. That's how it's done.
0: Yeah, she, uh, she, she, the way it's described is really funny to me, like, um, I want to talk about this first, because, like, sure. it, it, the way that he writes Francis' death is important. Francis attacks Will, stabs him in the face with a knife... Which I think is described as like going through his cheek, so it's like in his head. The knife blade's like in the guy's head.
1: I thought Um, it was kind of going in this way.
0: Oh, okay. I thought of it the other way, like
1: missing his eye, but still going. But but yeah,
0: Yeah, it's it's not pleasant. Yeah, I'd imagine not. Um, The but the, uh, the then he will runs away and makes his escape as best he could before he collapses, and then. Francis goes after Molly in the house. She pulls out the gun that Will had taken her to the range and trained on. Uh, and she she turns it on him and shoots Dillard in the leg. And as soon as he gets hit in the leg, he uh, he mutters the word mother in his, like, lispy, broken speech. He, he,
1: he totally regresses.
0: Exactly. And that's the important part. And then she shoots him in the face... <laughs> and then he like sort of slumps down the wall and slides and then she shoots him again in the face and then she walks up to him and shoots him twice more in the face <laughs> and like the idea And i think he like it's even described as him having like just bloody flaps where his head should have been <laughs> and it's like okay cool i'm i i appreciate an author not giving me the opportunity for the character to have escaped again, (laughs) unlike like, (laughs) like he did earlier. It's like, this time like, no, for real, he got shot in the head a bunch. But the, the the thing about the, the thing about the regression that's important to me and it will become, I think more important for my, the conversation we'll have in, in a bit, but it's that I, I think it was an attempt by Thomas Harris to give the character some, to, to reinvigorate any compassion the reader may have for him mm-hmm. like that word is a really specific and important word for that character like that word is the word he he can't bring himself to say and that he's been trained and worked really hard with his grandmother to try to perfect saying and he when he's put on the the on the spot to say that word to the one person who really needs to hear him say that word who all of his hopes are put on if this person hears him say that word they will love him and that doesn't happen um it is a, i believe it's intended to like the choice of putting that word there mm-hmm. to have his last word in life be this be reminiscent or calling back to all of the pain he's ever suffered. Like it's, it's a lightning rod for all of that empathy. It's deliberate. It's a deliberate choice. And I think for that goal, but I think that the problem again, I have with it is I just, my, uh, he's fictional character, but my empathy on, can only extend so far. Sure. And for me, it does, it doesn't extend far enough to feel bad for him anymore.
1: Not, not even in like a, in a, in a wretched Gollum kind of way. Like, I don't agree with you, and I absolutely would put you down as well. But I can see that this sucks, and I will think about you and be sad, kind of. Way? Um,
0: I mean, he's very much like Gollum. I think in that same way, where he, he, I think it's—I don't know if it's a trick necessarily, but it feels like when Gollum begs Frodo to to like before before they fall together into Mount Doom. Sure. So like before his, his final betrayal. And I feel like, I feel like him saying mother is the author trying to get me to be a sucker like Frodo was well, and, see. Okay. and believe that he's, he's, uh, you know, there's still good in him. I can feel it kind of thing.
1: Sure. And that's no, see, uh, yeah. <laughs> so many thoughts at once. Right. I agree. That's what Frodo was thinking. I agree. Frodo was a sucker. But for me, Gollum himself, as a character, not even his actions mm-hmm. in the book, is the epitome of, I can feel horrible empathy for this creature and still understand there's no going back.
0: There's sure. Not so good, I, I,
1: or there's not good in him that will ever be able to fix what he's done kind of thing. I just look at him and go, God, that sucks.
0: And maybe that's my my disadvantage is that I feel like the the that the purpose of writing it wasn't, isn't just to make me feel those feelings, but to make me feel those feelings for another reason. Mm, okay, And so like, I'm suspicious of the other reason. And now this could be a fault. Like I said, this could be a fault of my own that maybe there is no more reason than just trying to make you feel something. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I mean, I have, I had a suspicion and I, I, I would be, I'm wary of, of the author trying to make me be too empathetic towards bad people. And I think that in that down that road leads misery and I don't want to be miserable. Sure. Sure. But I think, I mean, it's also, it's not just, it's not just empathy. I apologize. I'm, I'm using the wrong word. It's not just empathy. It's what empathy breeds that I'm wary of. Empathy breeds Trust empathy breeds chances for another, for a person to would re- be to redeem themselves. And I think that if you're not talking about like reformation, you're not talking about someone like re- reforming and becoming a, actually taking steps to become a better person and putting those steps into practice. Mm-hmm. If you're just talking about allowing a scorpion to wade across a river on your back, like, like you were absolutely going to get stung And it was your own fault for trusting.
1: See, that's the difference, though. I don't think empathy has to lead to that. I think that's sympathy. I think empathy can go, yeah, Scorpion, you totally want to go across that water. I feel for you. I would want to get across that water if I were you, too. That sucks. You're not getting on my back.
0: Okay, fair enough. I I mean, because that's what
1: Will Graham is doing the entire book. Right, He's not going to go.
0: (laughs) Francis? Red
1: Dragon, let's go have a cup of coffee and just talk about it.
0: right. No, I think I think you're you're right. I I I, am, I do have a tendency to mix up the two empathy and sympathy, but it is that that's like they're the, very
1: closely related and but one it's can also, easily lead to another.
0: And it is the 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 like the the starting point of my issue. Sure, there is that I I have a hard time believing that like. Trusting myself to be like, okay, if I feel empathetic, that won't lead to sympathy, that won't lead to et cetera, I mean, et cetera, et cetera.
1: That's I think that I think you're right. I think that's entirely Will's worry. Right. Will my empathy lead to sympathy? And right. can I become a monster because I, I get it?
0: Right. Um, so yeah, I not for me. Uh, I, I say I say I say fuck that guy like if he was still a child and he still had hope to like if he just needed some a, a group of people or a, a solid like core family to to care for him and give him the opportunity to feel bad about the things that happened but know that it's okay because now, that's in the past and now you have a family that loves you and is going to treat you well and we will help you move forward he didn't have he, it. And like that, if that was the case, if it was a story about like a child giving a second chance, mm. I'd be all over it. But this guy, he's in his 40s or, or later and he's killing people.
1: We talked about this just yesterday, I think, when you wanted to kill baby Hitler. <laughs> and I said, no, <laughs> give baby Hitler a hug, a new family. If you're time traveling, fucking put him in 2010. I don't know. In a foster home. It oh, sounds like it's going to be dark in a different way. Never mind. Where are we?
0: We are at the end of that chapter going to chapter.
1: Fifty four.
0: Summary. Crawford struggles with hospital authorities while ex- exposition dumping on Will. Graham survives even if, even if his relationships do not.
1: I I do like that the info dump is constantly interrupted.
0: It's funny, and it's a, it's an interesting choice of how to break up the monotony of here's all the stuff. Here's how I tie up all my loose ends in one chapter, like right. cop out. Like you've
1: got <laughs> five minutes, we're kicking your ass out.
0: It's clever. It's just also like I um I have issues with the convenience of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, like I feel like the way that uh, that Dollar Hyde was written when he left his workplace, seeing Graham there. Was very much a panicked man who had no who had no time left mm-hmm. to like act out these grand schemes like going to to the service station, kidnapping the guy and killing the guy who was rude to him earlier in the book, uh, stealing that guy's tow truck and having the tow tr- hooking the, his van up to the tow truck, towing his truck home, leaving the van there, hiding the truck for later like taking the van to pick up Reba, bringing the van back, burning down the house with dynamite while pretending to, while using that guy's dead body as the uh, as the body that he pretends to kill himself as. And then he hides in the corner while the room's filling up with smoke so that Reba can get out so that he can per- fake his own death so that months later he can like, fo- like follow Will around and to a sandy beach where he can finally assault him. It just felt like, I I like getting the assault in the end. It just felt like maybe there were too many like Velma explaining the the way in which which how like this stuff happened. There was just too many things. Mm-hmm. Like Crawford says at one point, like oh he left no like no leads. It was perfect. He did so, he was he was really impressive. He did it just right. And I'm like yeah, but like when did he have the time to like to 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 think through this plan? Right, right. Like that's the part I. Uh, don't like I, is... I, I agree that being said i will say one more note about the before we move on from that thought he there is evidence in this book of him having been a accomplished improviser there's the sequence in the brooklyn museum where he says the thing he says about cobalt right where, where he, when he's when he is caught in a situation where revealing himself is possible or threatening he does have a tendency to improv his way out of it uh, successfully. So maybe it isn't that crazy for this character to have done that, given his previous experiences, but it does feel a bit too tidy. No, it... it,
1: I'm trying to think of how to say it, because other than those things, I feel like the ending is well done, but the whole... I guess Maud never really sat well with me. The whole, as it's structurally, as it progresses, it's fine. But the fact that Thomas Harris needed to have a fake out is what I felt was kind of like Dante getting shot because, you know, the killer comes back kind of thing. And I'm like,
0: I don't think you do this in your other books. Did you just do this? Cause you thought a thriller had to have it. I don't think so. I think I have an idea about why he did it.
1: Um, why is that?
0: Well, finish your my my last my last thing I have to say is literally like probably me me talking straight for minutes about like (laughs) a. Well, then
1: let's table that thought. Okay. Yeah. And I will say two things. Um. My mental empathy gets it. I totally I, I understand. I support her. My emotional empathy is always a little let down by Molly not being able to hack it with Will.
0: Hmm, interesting. I,
1: I get it. I get it. It's not what she signed up for. She did not sign up for a basically cop's wife life and, you know, her child being threatened by a serial killer who's actively terrorizing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not what you wanted. But I'm always just like, oh... Sad. <laughs> I just I just I, I really feel for Will. Just like, oh, that sucks, man. You did all this good and and, and that's what's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, I I, on that subject I'll say that I I I, I am torn there also because I think it was a really a well constructed dilemma. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 thing where you're like she's already a widow who has a child with, with her dead husband. She's still because of that child has to maintain relationships with his family. Mm-hmm. So she's still she always has one foot in the past and and is but still trying to step into the future. Uh, and will is that future, but the past is stronger. Like the the current of the past mm-hmm. is stronger than she can like fight. I, yeah, I guess I
1: don't want to say I'm disappointed in in Molly. I'm just
0: oh, I know what you meant.
1: Sad. I I, I want to make sure everyone knows what I mean. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm fair just enough.
1: I'm just very sad for Will. Um, because it does suck. Uh,
0: but Will has that moment where he he's gonna muster up the courage to to talk to them. And I had a, he says that that thought or he has that thought in somewhere in there where he says something like uh he's, I'm tired of being disliked, something like that. And it's I thought that was a very good indication of his character who you know he's strong enough to to handle like these this situation and he's Mm. not gonna if this isn't working he's probably gonna just have it out and say this isn't working let's let's move on or let's make it work um and i was hoping that that's where they were going that the problem with this book is that it doesn't tell me which way it's going right with, with their relationship and in that sense it is it's, it's, again, a fine ending because you are you don't need everything to be wrapped up tidy.
1: Right. Uh, the only other thing, though, is we got our first mention of Bella. Crawford's wife? Yeah. He, he refers to her as Phyllis. Yeah. He said, I can have Phyllis come do something for you. And she's like, no. It was speaking to Molly. Sorry. Right. But I, I had to double check. I'm like, Phyllis is Bella, right? Looked it up. Yes, she is.
0: Nice cool Uh, yeah that's it cool well my my last note uh is on page is the last page i think of the book for me uh and it is my note here i'm just gonna read it straight and then just just elaborate extemporize yeah extemporaneously exposit i don't know i really like this last page where thomas harris finally spells out his thesis nature is neither good nor evil nature is indifferent Good and evil are man-made antipodes. Humanity's struggle is the choice between mercy and murder. Both Will and Francis are men struggling with their predilection for murder. Will wins his struggle. Francis does not. What happens when you set these two options against one another? The murderer will inevitably try to kill the merciful man. And nature doesn't give a damn who wins it's an extremely well-written book with a message for far deeper than I think the general public appreciates. And in that vein, the idea where you brought up the thing about like, you feel like the Dante's death thing of the fake out death is like, why was it there? And my thought is it's there because Thomas Harris is really good at switching who's the fish and who's the fisherman. Mm. And I think, the only way Dollarhide can get the upper hand to become the hunter in that sense. And I know I'm mixing metaphors, but the only way he can become the one on the other end of the, of the pursuit is to convince his pursuer that he no longer exists. Right. So I didn't see it as much as like a narrative cop out as much as it was like a thematic necessity there has these two characters if they both truly do represent the the sort of really insightful idea of like this struggle between um, like humanity choosing to be merciful versus choosing to be murderous is probably one of the deepest and most profound struggles that this our species faces because one way leads to civilized society right and the other leads to arguably personal wealth and gain like it doesn't in a society but like there's there's penalties for murder obviously but the whole the the thing he's really describing is the idea between do you are you merciful do you allow someone fortune in spite of your the potential you have and the the power you have to take from them for yourself. uh, And in that and he, he sets it up as murder versus mercy. But sure. like, that's the like, thing that, we're, that it's really the boiled down to is this idea of self-interest versus others interests.
1: Is this like when people say there's no evolutionary advantage to altruism?
0: Yes, in and, and and we I don't know if we've talked about this, but because th- I've is... I've heard it a lot lately,
1: and I'm like, but doesn't altruism kind of like you said lead to civilization, which is arguably a big evolutionary advantage for us?
0: It absolutely is. In the book, The Bonobo and the Atheist, it's a story of it, 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 they talk about that a lot in that book. I love that book, and it's it's about um, examining this idea that uh, a lot of people will suggest not only uh, you know that there's no evolutionary advantage for like. uh, kindness or or mercy but in fact that there is the only reason humans even have those those traits and also the only humans have those traits is because of religion and our belief in a higher power and the the guidance that those powers provide us in their their teachings and the book argues no look at bonobos no evidence of a religion but plenty of cooperation plenty of giving plenty of sharing plenty of community because it does benefit them evolutionarily if you have more people finding grapes and sharing those grapes then you will have more grapes <laughs> than if you had to find all the grapes yourself because in the same amount of time you can search for grapes on one area of the map your two friends can look other places and if whoever have finds grapes brings them back you can all eat grapes, um, so so I do. Th- I do think that. But so that's the, the. But the the difference isn't whether or not kindness or cooperation are evolutionary good. It's specifically mercy that I think is important because mercy. And I think he chose that word deliberately and well. Mercy is a word that describes a power dynamic. Right. It it describes the uh bad example, but it's a good one. <laughs> Swallow that. Um, When Scar pushes Mufasa off the cliff. Right. He has every opportunity to help in that moment. And he chooses not to because murder is more beneficial for him. The thing that makes society run, the thing that I think Thomas Harris is getting at about Will, like in this book, is to still know that you have everything to gain from allowing this person misfortune and still choosing mercy, despite having only a loss. That's the part we should all strive to be able to do. Right. Because in that way, we truly are sacrificing something to help another person. And I think that that's what, why, why, Will's relationship with Molly has to suffer because mm-hmm. that's the price Will pays for helping. He help that's the that's, that's 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 the sacrifice he has to make, and he knows he has to make in order to do the right thing for the most people. So again, I think that it's really interesting that Thomas Harris saved that the like I said his thesis statement. Like in a, in a normal research paper or an essay you'd put your thesis statement in the very beginning and then justify it through Prove the rest it, yeah. of it but in this way thomas harris puts his thesis on the very last page and spells out what the whole book was about and, and it's interesting to me i found it interesting because you o- it's more it's almost more powerful this way to where when you read i read through the book the whole time and then i get to the last page and i realize oh This was a parable. This wasn't a detective story. It wasn't a thriller. It's not a horror story. Despite all the ways that this this property has ballooned into pop culture, this book is not those things. This book is a religious parable about the nature of goodness in mankind and why and how we can all be better people in spite of our own, like, and take on suffering to help others. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a, a a weird revelation. Like, like I didn't necessarily want to go back and read the whole thing again, but it did, everything sort of slid into context. Yeah, I was
1: going to say it recontextualized it.
0: Right. Um, I think I said everything I needed to say.
1: You said a lot, and I liked it. I That was a slant on it I had not considered, and I think it, it helped enrich the book for me.
0: Oh, you're so sweet.
1: Oh, I'm not going to be. Just wait. Just because you said <laughs> that, I am now going to say the asshole thing that I was thinking about. Ah, I'll just I'll, I'll I'll let it slide.
0: Slide away, asshole. Oh
1: no, we're gonna wait for the new word alert.
0: Oh, okay. Um. Uh, anyway, I think that's I, I think that's it. That's that's my appreciation of the the that that last page. I gotta emphasize if you read this book, like that fucking page. Like mm-hmm. it just really like hits like so many of these notes in in such a wonderful way uh and, and, and it's a little disappointing that he had to use the the notion of will being under sedation to get there, mm-hmm. but like I guess it makes sense because this is much more philosophical. I think he like, wanted
1: to write in the dreamy state, and that's yeah,
0: exactly um. And then Will took peyote. Well, but I also like the idea that he references, he doesn't call it. He allows nature to be represented by Shiloh, Mm -hmm. you know, a, a place, a state of mind, an existence, you know, it's sort of its own magical glen. Sure. And it, I thought it worked really well as an allusion to this larger notion of nature in general. Anyway, I don't have to keep reiterating my point. It just, uh, it's, I, I if anyone's listening and still hasn't read the book, I fucking hate you for letting, making me spoil it for you. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, that's, that's, I think that was what his point was. I think my comprehension is, is on point. And uh, I, I think it's a great, it's, it was a bit of a sloggy read, but that last page really helped me like, like I said before it cleaned it all it was like varnish it was like you wiped it down and was like you see you see how pretty it looks now that I've done the last thing I needed to do and it, it works anyway uh what what else do we have to do did you want to say anything else um
1: should have put this earlier because that was such a great place to end it uh are you are you ever going to watch that piece of crap Brett Ratner movie
0: piece of crap Brett Ratner movie red dragon yeah I kind of probably might.
1: Well then I don't want to ruin it for you. Okay. They cool. they they add a scene at the end. Uh that
0: completely nullifies the greatness of it. Does it, it well, I mean it's Brett Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so and yeah. remind our listeners, uh in, in in the vein of uh what what does a loose figure mean? Um what what would Brett Ratner have done that may inspire your ire uh at, at his name? X3 X Men Three: The Last Stand. Yep, that's enough.
1: <laughs> and then, and and then casting about for, let's make a quick buck. Uh, Post Hannibal, we'll redo Red Dragon. No, I'll just give it to Ratner. We're gonna go from uh, Jonathan Demme
0: to Genius, Ridley Scott. Whoa. To Brett Ratner. See, my problem with Brett Ratner. Is I always get him mixed up with Mick G. Mick G could at least, you
1: know, knock out a fun Charlie's Angel.
0: Yeah, but like to me, I don't I I don't know which one did rush hour. <laughs> Shit. I don't know either. <laughs> Fair enough. And doesn't that feel like a problem? Like, shouldn't you know which well, of mean, these two guys? Like, if you if you were saying does <laughs> is does Rush Hour feel more like a Mick G film or a Brett Ratner film? The answer shouldn't be I don't know. I'm going to say because it was fun, it was a Mick G film,
1: but I don't know. You should look it up and find out. Brett Ratner, fuck, <laughs> fuck you, Brett Ratner, for not turning
0: something immediately to shit. <laughs> Well, at um, least I knew enough to know that I had I had an association with that name in that film, so feeling pretty good there. Uh, but not a person I would pick to do a this movie.
1: No, no. Well, I mean, at that point they're they just we got Hopkins on board, fucking throw some people in it, and call it a movie. I, if you're if you're gonna watch an adaptation, I would I would recommend Manhunter. It's way better. Yeah. And you can see Brian Cox's weird take on it. Who was in X-Men 2?
0: X men yeah, X-Men 2, not X-Men also.
1: He was in X-Men 2. He might have did, did was Striker in 3, I can't remember.
0: I don't think he dies at the end of 2. I don't remember.
1: A long time since I've seen the end of two. I like the first half of movies a lot.
0: <laughs> X2 was for a long time was the best comic book movie ever made. And then Spider-Man 2 was the best comic book movie. And then Spider-Man movie, ever made. movie 2 was was amazing got anything else? I don't think I do. Did you want to do something about a new word alert? Did you have that? Yeah, or... I've got some new words. Okay, so, um, hold on. Let me make sure that I don't have one. Oh, I do. So, how about a new word alert? New word alert. Why don't you throw me your words? Well, you go first, because I got three. I only have one, so... That's so you should go first. Fine, I'll go first, I guess.
1: Inelectable.
0: Intellectable? Nope. Okay. Inelectable. Inelectable? Inelectable.
1: Intellectable. Int Inna.
0: Nope.
1: In inelectable. Inelectable. It's, it's when you like to lick a belly button. No. No?
0: Nope.
1: Is it the opposite of delectable? Is it disgusting? No. What is it?
0: Uh inelectable not is an adjective meaning not to be avoided, changed, or resisted.
1: Inelectable. Yeah. I cannot elect to avoid it.
0: I guess. Yeah. I like to break the like well, words. Down. It's not spelled elect though. Yeah, but that's where it comes from. It's spelled eluct. It, it's where it the comes. U. From. Yeah, it's a regular verb, whatever. Mm.
1: Okay. The new word alerts. Bream. Bream. Bream? Bream. It was actually used in this book.
0: Hmm.
1: In the last chapter, I believe.
0: I don't know. What is it?
1: A bronze-colored European freshwater cyprinid fish.
0: Oh, it's a fish. Okay. Any
1: of various marine fish related to the porgy. Okay. It was mentioned that the bream surfaced and I didn't know what it was. I'm like, is that like a mound of dirt? <laughs> what the fuck's a bream? All right. This one actually, this is actually a vocabulary for a different show where someone was learning a new word a day in elementary, and they said this word, and I'd never heard it before.
0: Borborygmus. Um Borborygmus. Doesn't that mean, like, uh, okay, does that word mean either, um, insatiably hungry? Or... I can, I can see why you would say that. Or, um, like, just un, uh, just fully engrossed in self-satisfaction? Mmm.
1: Not exactly.
0: I'm close though, right? E-
1: it's the st- sound you make when your stomach gurgles.
0: Ah, that's the. okay.
1: So it's not the the reason for it. it's the noise of it.
0: Okay, I knew it had something to do with eating.
1: And here here's me just being a little bitch.
0: Antipodes. Antipodes. Oh, do you mean the opposites? Yeah,
1: yeah. Instead of antipode.
0: Antipodes. 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 I can do this too. I mean, mean, there are actually two that I just discovered. Two. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, you could have. You literally could have not been a little bitch. (laughs) No, I couldn't. And and instead, what you did was. You made yourself a little bitch. (laughs) I'm a little bitch. (laughs) I'm going to do something that's going to, it's supposed to be to insult you, but it actually is going to make me, make me wrong. But isn't, isn't that
1: just the way of me? Yeah.
0: um. Antipode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What does Merriam-Webster know anyway? I mean, really, when you get down to it.
0: I wasn't gonna be a little bitch. I wasn't gonna be like you know. I know there's. I know there's two words. It's okay. It's fine. I was. I was definitely like. It's a different conjugation, and I used it correctly.
1: I don't think it's a different conjugation. (laughs) No. The. the... Okay. 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 You're wrong. You are technically wrong, and I will take that. As a win.
0: Okay, will you elaborate at least?
1: Yes, antipode, singular, antipodes, plural. You said antipodes, so I win.
0: Well, how do we specifically like spell this word so I can Google it again? A n t i p o d e s. I mean, it's weird. When I look up a n t i p o d e. I get the parts of the Earth diametrically opposite, usually used in plural, often used of Australia and New Zealand as contrasted to the Western Hemisphere, or the exact opposite or contrary, plural. Antipodes. Oh! Oh, wow! Look at that! Well, look at that. You can have that.
1: Oh, I'm taking it, because it's all I've got.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Antipodes. Antipodes. Fair enough.
1: Sorry, I had to school you in front of everyone. No, you're not. Well, I mean, I, I feel not bad now. I feel bad in retrospect, not when I was doing it, but now I do. You
0: you have <laughs> you have you have what like you have, you have like po- post coital remorse? What is this? Like, of yeah. course you, of course, of course you have, don't you don't really feel bad. I had my had
1: my beer goggles on before.
0: No. <laughs> You don't no. You don't get to get out of this by being like,
1: "I'm sorry." Look, I'm I'm just saying. I'll text you.
0: No, it's fine. Like, I can take care of myself. Antipodes. I will see. I don't like that conjugation because it feels like a constellation. Like it feels like some it you would call a you know some sort of zodiac sign. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay, antipodes.
1: I just, I just, I mean, I just know it because. Kenneth bra i used it in much ado about nothing
0: cool well we finished the book what do you want to what do you want to say about review of the overview of the book i feel like i said what i was gonna say like i i feel this book is
1: better every time i read it and maybe it's a mature maturity thing um when i first watched silence the visuals did a lot of the heavy lifting so I was able to just read that this book i mean i was i think i was like 14 15 when I read it so it didn't It didn't hit the same. And I was just kind of like, oh, that seemed luster. It seemed like more of the same. Um, and I didn't appreciate a lot of the nuance that comes with uh, time and experience. And, I mean, what 14-year-olds really thinking about empathy on a profound level. Yeah. And it's- I think... I think it mostly holds up even as being as old as it is because it is still kind of a fresh voice in this genre. I know you said it was a parable, and I get that, but but in the crime genre, still having any kind of feeling for the villain is is still, unfortunately, a, a novel concept.
0: Yeah, it almost kind of also feels like perhaps part of the intention of the book was to inspire empathy in like the criminal justice system.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I I honestly, I I, I mean, again, Harris was a reporter and just the way his book reads, he feels like he is an empathic person and he probably saw a lot of people going. Yeah. It's that excuse. I heard it a lot in seventies, eighties television and movies, less as time went on, but it's still there where, when anyone tries to say this person had a horrible time and that's what made them who they are, it's immediately taken by someone else. Oh, you're soft hearted. You're just trying to get him released. And it's it's like, no, You again, you need to see the difference between sympathy and empathy. I don't want him released. Just understand the toxic worldview that made him this way. And maybe we can right. avoid it in the future if we all understood that.
0: Right. And if we could identify it early. Mm -hmm. with someone to maybe prevent it from manifesting too much force
1: pull back when we're doing it ourselves
0: yeah i had one of those moments recently one of those growth moments where like my wife spent all day on one of our weekend days studying and doing homework and it was very isolating and lonely for me and so i've spent it playing a video game now that i was playing um uh, longtime fans of our show will know that I like Jurassic Park. Yes. So I was playing Jurassic world Evolutions 2 and trying to build a park and my park failed and I lost the game and this was after like six hours of playing this game straight on my weekend to kill time while my while I wasn't able to do much with my wife and I got I could feel myself get angry and then I felt myself turn to her and and be like, well, this sucks because not only did I lose all of my progress in this thing, but now you're just sitting here like, and I'm not, I, keep, keep, keep in mind, keep in mind. I'm telling the story. I'm
1: only making this face because I can totally know that I've done this. And <laughs> I
0: didn't say, and I didn't know. This is what I said to her. I'm just describing my emotions. I, I get it. Journey. I get it. I'm
1: just having an emotional reaction to sure. your emotional journey.
0: Good, 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 good. good. Um, <laughs> I, uh, and I, I looked at her like, like, like mad and like, like all of like the, the cascading effect of
1: bettering yourself while I'm losing
0: No, 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 not that more like, more like now I'm feeling like bad because now my games, I wasted all this time on this fucking game and I didn't even get the thing I wanted out of it. And now I look at you and you're not available, so I. It's not like. So the worst part is, it's not like I was missing out on doing anything with you. So what I have to realize is, losing this game was the best option for me today, and that <laughs> fucking sucks. Like, and so and then it sucks, and if and I and I had this emotion. I feel like, and I kind of like my child's brain wanted to go, and it's your fault because I I would have rather have spent time with you, but you're doing homework, and then I was going through that emotion. And I realized, no, she's not at fault at all in any way. And, and, and she, if anything, she's literally doing something to better our lives right now. I'm playing a fucking video game about dinosaur parks. I'm not bettering us. I'm just <laughs> keeping myself entertained. Badly. And then, and yeah, badly. And then I looked at her and I was like angry and I was like, uh, not angry. I was upset and I was breathing heavy and I looked at her and I was like, and then I said I love you
1: (laughs) that's amazing
0: I just let out this angry sigh and I was just like I am so happy that we're married (laughs) take that yeah
1: (laughs) whenever I talk to you I want to go apologize to my wife afterwards
0: So that was my moment though, where I was able to, I was proud of myself afterwards to be like, you know what? I have, I have not succeeded at this before. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a fucking long time to even get to the point where I got to this weekend where I could go, okay, I can see clearly that I am do I'm about to do, I'm compelled to do something that's destructive Mm -hmm. and uh, will be bad for me. And I took that opportunity and I didn't do it. And I instead centered myself and figured out what the right thing to do was. And I did that instead. And it was great. That's amazing. Yeah. Hopefully I can continue to do that. That's the trick. You do it once. Oh, cool. I mean, if you, if you, if you sunk a a basket from the half court once, it's really impressive. (laughs) But if you can make that what you do every time you're in that situation, (laughs) Well, then you're the fucking best basketball player ever. Yes. So, <sighs> next time,
1: hey man, as long as you're on the court.
0: Yeah. I'm so anyway, sports talk. Hopefully, that was a relevant uh, uh, anecdote. It was very, it was very relevant. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I'm glad we read this book. I mean, it was it was. Uh, I'm glad we read it. All things considered, my light criticisms are: it is a bit hard to read sometimes because it's the nature of it as a parable through the genre of detective thriller necessitates the worst of humanity. Well, no, well that too, but, but also just like, yeah, I think that I think my main complaint really isn't so much really even what I was going to say. It's more just like it, it speed bumps itself many times. Mm. Like, the mm. momentum of this story almost it really never really gets going and then when it does it just goes we're done it's like nope like like uh, uh when dollarhide uh blows his brains out and it's like i had this whole like rush of like disappointment like that that's not a climax like and I remember at the time looking at the rest of the book and, like, measuring it with my fingers and going, I have this much more book left. <laughs> How is there this much more book and, and this much, for listener, meaning a more than you'd expect for a book that just ended?
1: Right, right, right. There should be 10 pages left, not 40. And there's 40,
0: 40 exactly. Yeah. And so so I, I, <laughs> I was like, something's wrong here. The math doesn't work out. There's much more story left. It's w- got to be something.
1: I got to say though, I mean I agree that it's a fake out and would be disappointing if the rest was just musing and shit or pre you know first three chapters of Hannibal. Um but I hate it when it's the opposite when I'm, when I'm start counting plot threads in my head and I'm like but wait, they have so much more to
0: do to resolve anything and there's only what feels like six pages left. That's totally worse. agree. It's it's much worse. But but my illustration wasn't so much that I expected the book to to drag on too long sure more that this was a speed bump that took me out of the momentum absolutely and it wasn't absolutely. even the first time the book did it right the, it had all, uh, in my opinion all of the flashback uh chapters to dollar Hyde's childhood were the exact same they we had we had been following will and dollar Hyde through their like cat and mouse game and then all of a sudden we get the prequel in the middle of the book. And that felt like I know why it was there. Right. I know why that had to be where it goes, but none of that lessens how much of a drag it is on the momentum of the story. And we talked about it when we did the episodes in those chapters where every once in a while there'd be an inner in a, 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 a between those chapters, there'd be one where Will's like, Oh God, I, I, I got to get more coffee. And it's like, what's happening like why do i feel like i just lost all the 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 thrust of the interest in this story and now i'm i'm reading something that feels like it's relevant but also separate right so so i think i i don't feel like that's a fair criticism it's 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 obviously a great work but but i feel like if you were if you were listening to this podcast to figure out if you want to read this book you've made a mistake <laughs> Because we're telling you everything we think about it, which is essentially the same as not needing to read it. If if I was able to tell someone without spoilers what to expect in reading this book, I think I'd say it's a very well-written book with a lot of pacing problems. So, yeah. Anyway. I think I'm done. I think I'm ready to, to, to bury this book. It's a
1: fledgling author's first attempt.
0: He's masterful for being fledgling. It's He's very oh, well it's done. It's also not
1: fled. He had Black Sunday before this, which is like a terrorist cell trying to bomb a football game book.
0: Tom Clancy. Very Tom Clancy. I pulled that name out of a hat. I have no idea. I, I've it. never read a Tom Clancy book, so I don't know either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, okay, well, um, do you want to read this? Yes. All right. Well, let's read. Let's read Silence of the Lambs next.
1: You're so good to me.
0: Um, and then we can it. stop. I mean, maybe I've just I I think you told me negative things about. This is the ne- I'm in the right order, correct? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, you told me negative things about Hannibal, so I uh... No.
1: There are a lot of people who say negative things about Hannibal. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Negative things apply to Hannibal rising.
0: What is Hannibal rising?
1: Oh. Oh Doug. So here's I think how you
0: actually told me this already, but I just want to make sure so we can I rehash repeated it. it to someone. Okay. Uh
1: movie producer Dino De Laurentiis has the rights to these books. Dead. And it was Yeah, he's dead. But he was making those movies. Right. He made I think he did Manhunter, he did Silence. He, because of that, when Hannibal came out, he did that. And then he told Thomas Harris, we want to make a prequel. And Thomas Harris very rightly said, I addressed that shit in my last book. And Daniel De Laurentiis said, no, we want a whole movie. Thomas Harris was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. He's like, great, we'll have someone else ghostwrite it because we own the rights, bitch. And Thomas Harris was like, okay. And it's not Great. It, it, it really feels like he's taking a couple chapters from Hannibal and turning it into a novel. Something, A, he's already said. So not adding anything new. And B, it's just, just like,
0: whoa. Well, I don't Hannibal, have a... Sorry, go ahead. I don't have a copy of Hannibal, so...
1: No, we'll have to see what happens. To... Hannibal is... It's a lot more operatic. It's not, I wouldn't say, Brian Fuller TV show Hannibal, but it's definitely got that grand guignol sense of, remember that weird shit from *The Silence of the Lambs*. What if that was the book?
0: Cool. Um, I liked
1: it, but you know,
0: maybe maybe it would. Maybe we will. But let's let's get through Thomas Harris's *The Silence of the Lambs* first. Um, *Silence of the* we're, so we're, let's read. uh All right, chapter one, start of the book. Now this is gonna be. I'm not. I'm not sure if this is a great choice on my part. But for now, let's try to read through chapter 11, stopping at chapter 12.
1: Not reading chapter 12.
0: Not reading chapter 12. That's where we stopped. That's where we've stopped.
1: If I were to write it out, I would write start dash 11, 12, the circle and a line through it. Think
0: of it like a border. Okay. You're not going to cross that border, and the border is the number 12.
1: So I go to 13?
0: Nope. You do not go to 12. 12. Right. Stop at 12. Uh, Yeah, anyway, so I mean, that might be a, it's a pretty heavy chunk of the book. I'm not saying that I just want to get through it, but I tried to minimize, I tried to find the best use of the chapter splitting.
1: If you, Uh, hey, if you need to take a break, we can take a break. (laughs)
0: Well, we we may anyway, but I think I think regardless,
1: um, it's a good idea. We don't want to stay down in the abattoir of humanity <laughs> too long um, without breathing yeah. some fresh air.
0: I mean, we did read six dritz books, so I mean,
1: <laughs> speaking of the abattoir of humanity, yeah,
0: or dwarf kind. Anyway. <sighs> Let's close this episode out. Uh, That was the book wrap party of Death Readers Red Dragon. Uh, I'm Doug. And I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers, and please discuss us extensively on Reddit.